Hello and welcome to episode 238 of Fergo and the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRP. Join me as always is the glorious League Freak. You can find on Twitter at League Freak when he's not fucking around with his microphone. Hey guys. <laughs> I'm going very well, Andrew. I'm sorry that I had a perfectly working microphone 20 minutes ago, and then for 15 minutes I managed to ruin it and then finally got it fixed and balanced. All I can picture right now is you're sitting there in front of a computer and you're holding a whole heap of tent poles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm basically somebody's trying to put up a tent for the first time. You do it more balanced very awkwardly, but the microphone's working. There's nothing better than paying as much as I did for this microphone and then having it finally balanced on a $15 fucking swing arm. So I can't touch it, but uh, it's working. It's doing its job. People Don't can look at me. it. Don't look at it. Nah, exactly. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, something you will look at mm-hmm. is your balls after you've shaved them. Exactly. You know, and if you go to manscaped.com, and this is for all of our listeners across the world. Like, if you're in Canada, if you're in New Zealand, if you're in England, Manscaped is everywhere. It is taking over the world, literally. And if you go to manscaped.com and you put in our exclusive code, which is NRL, you'll get 20% off and free shipping. And it's just, there's so many fantastic things you can get there. I personally recommend the Lawnmower 3.0. If you want to get the best of the best of ball shaping and manscaping equipment. You get the lawnmower 3.0, right? It's waterproof. It's got a light so you can do it in the dark. Uh, And I don't, you know, put a light on, you weirdo. But you can do it in the dark if you want to. Uh, They've got all sorts of stuff. They've got, you know, anti-chafing ball deodorant. They've got a body wash. They've got a ball toner and preserver. They've got foot deodorants. They've got all sorts of stuff. So go there, manscaped.com. Put in our code NRL, 20% off, free shipping. They've got a 30-day money-back guarantee. You cannot go wrong. And this is the perfect gift for the men in your life. So go on, go there and just check it out. Just have a look. Absolutely. And for all of our... Um... Magnificent listeners from Tamworth, they even deliver there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they that's to, commitment. They will they will get you what you need. Exactly. Now, there's a few things that's happened in the news. <sighs> yeah, just a few. There was a let's, few Woody games. Let, let's get a little bit of, um, I suppose, a little bit of celebration out of the way because yeah. the Roosters lost. <laughs> you're celebrating the Roosters' loss. I'm sure, look, I'll be honest. Yeah. I was fairly confident that you were somewhat chuffed inside when they lost to the Raiders on Friday. I, you know what? I, I just, I kind of expected, I expected them to run out of steam, and I think that, you know, there was a lot when you watch the coverage of the game, and I watched the Fox Sports coverage. And they were talking about how close they got to it being three straight premierships. And I'm sort of thinking to myself, well, you know, I wouldn't call this close. Close as if they lost the grand final. Um, or, and they just, lost this, or they lost this weekend coming up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, they bowed out in straight sets, which is, yeah. that's not close. Yeah, lost their last three games. You know, the Raiders beating them, I think, says it all. Um, they just ran out of steam, and and that's fair enough. They had a few key injuries, 
and it's just what happens. It's football. You know, there's a reason why nobody's won three straight titles since the 80s, because it's bloody hard to do, and mm. it's bloody hard to keep a team together, and it's bloody hard to not have players retire and move on and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, it happens. They did pretty well. Um, but, you know, it, it's footy. I've got a, um, a little bit of a hot take. Okay. I don't think Boyd Corden is any good anymore. Yeah, I think he... I, I I agree with you. I think that the head knocks he's taken have really affected him. And he's I just not the player he was. Yeah. I think he's... Um, I'm not saying he's, he's a, a shit player or anything like that. I just think that, yeah, he's... I know he's he's playing at about seventy percent of what he's capable of, and it seems like that's that's now his new maximum. Yeah, yeah, and it happens. Like he's played a lot of football, um, I, and he I played think it, that, and played it bloody hard. Let's be honest. Yeah, he, he's ripped in. Yeah, and he's not he's not a giant either. You know, it's not like he's you know his brick shit house, and you know it, time beats everyone. Even fucking Clive Churchill had to retire. So it's it's not like, you know, it's a failure on his behalf. But, yeah, I agree with you. I think that he's not the player he once was. Um, you know, the, there are, I've you and me have said all year that there are some issues with the Roosters team. And I, in a salary cap era, every team has issues of some sort. That's kind of the point of the salary cap. But, you know, they did really well for a very long time and, they should hold their heads high, but, you know, they were beaten by Canberra. I thought Canberra played all right. They weren't outstanding. I still think there's problems with Canberra. Um, and, yeah, it's, you know. For me, I think what, what Canberra's been doing really well, especially the last two months, is doing enough to win. And yeah. for me, that's that's a worrying sign for other clubs because you don't know where their maximum is. Yeah. So they seem to always play to the level of their opponent. And that's that to me that that's a worrying thing for opposition teams because you don't know what they're capable of. But you do know they're going to go toe to toe with you. Yeah. Remember earlier this year when they beat the Storm and they probably beat beat them. And yeah. I feel like that's what they can do, but they like that's the last time they did it as well. True. But in saying that, I mean, they've won most of their games since then as well. And it's, again, it's just doing and doing what they think is the minimum to get the job done. Um, and I think they've been pretty consistent in that area. Mm-hmm. So I I can't write them off. I well, just you know, can't. Because to me, I don't know what, they're, what they'll turn out on the weekend. Yeah. I mean, we haven't seen them get flogged. And we haven't seen them being soundly beaten for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I think that sort of supports what I've been saying is that they always do enough to make sure that, that their absolute worst is staying in the contest for the full 80 minutes. And that's a pretty handy spot to be. Yeah. I mean, the Sharks were kind of doing that in 2016. Yeah, and it, makes, know, you wonder, it makes you wonder about, like, we've got this idea of what you need to have to be a premiership winner. And it's like you've got to have that a halfback that's got – or a half that's got an, a bit of an X factor that's a bit special and – you know, this, that, and the other. And I don't think the Raiders really have that. I mean, Whiten is a hard ball runner. I don't see Williams as a halfback, really. But, you know, it, 
can you win a premiership with the lineup they've got? Their forwards are pretty damn good, especially b- behind Papali. Like Papali's a wrecking ball. And a few of the younger forwards have really stepped up at the end of the year. That's helped them. Um, Starling, who I know you've had a massive rap on, you know, for a long time now. He's been fantastic um, out of hooker. I, but I don't, I don't know. I just feel like they're a level behind the three teams that are still there with them. I, I, I think they might be as well too. But mm. um, to me, there's also I am reminded a little bit of that of that Sharks team where. You know, they've got two two genuine X-Factor players in the spine, and that's Whiten and Nickel Klockstad. Mm-hmm. And then you've got a very consistent, um, handy player at hooker at the moment, which is Starling, mm-hmm. which, you know, the Sharks had in Ennis. Ennis wasn't the playmaker. He was more of a player who, you know, he gave direction more than anything else. Mm-hmm. And then you had a halfback who just sort of, Added a little bit of polish here and there, and that was Chad Townsend. And I think George Williams is doing a similar thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of playmaking is coming through um, George Williams, just like yeah. it didn't go too much through Chad Townsend. But, you know, when the Sharks won, it was mostly James Maloney. Yeah. Um, and Jack Whiten has been – he's been on fire the last month and a half. Yeah. Yeah, he's unbelievable. He's really gone to the next level. And um, – yeah, and as you were saying, like a great forward pack. That Sharks team had an unbelievable forward pack, and this this uh, Raiders one is very very similar. So I, to me, there's, there are definite similarities there, mm-hmm. and a very similar playing style. As I said, like their absolute worst is staying in the contest for eighty minutes. Yeah, and that's a pretty good spot to be if if you're at your worst. So and, yeah, it's, sorry, it's, no, I was going to say it's um, I I think that the that that alone makes them quite a quite a threat to any team that's in the comp. Yeah, I, I just I don't know. There's something about them that I, they're a solid team, but I just don't think they've got that upper upper end of performance that's going to be needed to win the grand final. Hey, you just got to drag them down to your level and boom with experience. Yeah, that's a good point. Hey, <laughs> you know if Nick, when Nickel Klogstad plays at his best. They're friggin' hard to beat. Oh, yeah. And, and was, that's the difference. He played well on the weekend, too. Yeah, he really did. Although, I worry about an outside back that gets cramp. At one point, they, were, they yeah. focused on him getting cramp. And Dad said, I thought he was going to give birth. Oh, some people do get cramps pretty savagely. But uh, it, it's odd how it happens so frequently to him. Yeah. But there was... There was a solution we had back when I played cricket, mm-hmm. and it was a very cheap solution because obviously I played cricket in the bush, so you only had to have cheap solutions. That was drinking a small tin of tomato juice straight. Oh, really? Does not taste good. Yeah, but very high in salt gets the yeah. job done. But yeah, pe- uh, people don't realize that's what it is. It's the salt. Mm. Yeah, it was uh, crazy though. That was... So maybe that's what they're gonna do: just get a whole heap of tins of tomato juice and get that into them. There's a solution for you, CNK. You just see them running out with tomato juice. He'd look like friggin' Popeye, wouldn't he? <laughs> Cracking open a tin of tomato juice. That well, he's too busy sitting there sculling beers. He's sitting there sculling tomato juice. Yeah, having it all run down his chin. It looks like he's drinking bloody blood. That's the way. Yeah, that'd be brilliant, actually. Now, the, the second game, um, another one of those 
typical South games of late, where it's a game of two halves. Mm-hmm. First half, Parramatta um, saw Clint Gutherson produce uh, pretty much six minutes of his greatest football of his career. Yep. Scored a try and laid on two others to give Parramatta an 18-8 lead. Yep. That was it. It was great. It was a great performance by Parramatta for those six minutes. It really was. It reminded me of that first game against Penrith when it was kind of neck and neck and then Parramatta put on six minutes of just amazing football. You couldn't stop. And then the rest of the game was neck and neck. But the difference was that South were able to kick on, you know. Yeah, and South needed to score first and second half, and they did that. And then they yep. scored second and third. <laughs> um, got That's the thing, I think... Um, South's defense is still sloppy, really yeah. sloppy. Yeah. But that attack, man, I don't know how a team stops it because it's just it comes at you from every different area. And Adam Reynolds has stopped being, you know, just a ball distributor who can kick really well to starting to run the ball a bit and take the line on occasionally. And mm-hmm. looks bloody dangerous doing it. I'd still like him to do it more often, though. He's still not doing it enough. Well, it's the first time he's been healthy, completely healthy at this time of the year since they won the Premiership. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I think, um, I don't know. I, I think they can they can worry Penrith. Yeah, it's look. It's the at... attack that worries them, not so much the defence. And that's the thing is, Penrith's been really good all year mm-hmm. at getting out to really good starts. Mm-hmm. And given that Souths are really strong in the second half, Penrith are going to need to bring out their best first half performance here. Mm-hmm. and just hang on for grim death in the second half. And I think they'll get it done if they do that. I think if it's neck and neck up half time, it's going to be a hell of a contest. Yeah, the way I see it is they won't have kick out, which is a problem. But they'll that will mean that Cape will, will come into the team um, and they'll be a little bit more mobile laterally and that will help them defend against this South team. Um Souths gave up 24 points against a, an Eels team that has struggled with their attack over the last couple of months, I reckon. And Most of the year, to be honest. Yeah. Be honest. It was only the first, say, month or four or five rounds. Parramatta's attack looked good. Other than that, it's been average. Yeah. And, and if I'm the Panthers, I look at that and I think, well, you know, if we can score 24 points with the Panthers' defence, they really should win the game. But... That's why they play the games, because you never know. Mm. Now, this would be Penrith's big test defensively. Yeah, definitely. Because South's, South's backs are just... they're on To say they're on fire is underplaying it. Like, Cody Walker is just on another level at the moment. The the dude at the back, I forget his name, the fullback. Uh, what's his is name? that Corey Allen? Yes. He's been absolutely outstanding. Like... Like, they've missed nothing with him at the fullback. He's been brilliant. Yeah, he's been so good. I wouldn't be surprised if South come out and said, you know what, we're putting Latrell Mitchell on the open market. They just don't need him. Like, Latrell Mitchell's a great footballer, but South don't need him. Yeah, it, it's yeah, it's hard to argue because, you know, Latrell's on big, big money. Too much money for a centre, otherwise you just put him in at centre. Yeah. And yeah, he, this young bloke, he has been playing out of his skin and like really, really doing things that veteran fullbacks normally do as well. 
So oh, I, yeah. I just, I'm just so impressed. I love watching the Rabbitohs play. They're just so good to watch. And it was funny. So many people were t- tweeting me and saying, oh, you're worried, you're worried. And it's like, you get to this point of the year, you're beaten. You've got to beat the best teams to win the premiership. Like, that's what the whole point of it is. So you don't worry at this point of the year. You you just got to beat who you've got to beat. And you're either good enough or you're not. You know, it's it's great. It's great. I think we've got... Once the Rabbitohs beat the Eels um, and the Roosters got knocked out, we've got the best four teams in the competition now. And I think it's cool that the Panthers have to... That if the first week they get through the Roosters... The third week they get through a red hot Rabbitohs team and they get into the grand final. I mean, man, they haven't they they have taken a pretty hard road to the premiership, you know. So we'll see what happens. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, at the moment, Souths have scored 144 points in their last 240 minutes of footy. That's crazy. That's insane. Yeah. I'll um I'll I will get around having a look at you know what other teams have done similar or better. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously the Roosters in 35 will have smashed it, but that's, I wonder if there's others that have done better than that. Cause that's, that's pretty impressive. And to do it all against two teams in the finals and the, and the defending back-to-back premiers. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not like they're doing it against, you know, teams at the bottom of the ladder. They're doing it against top eight sides. That's true. It made me think like <clears throat> when you start playing that sort of footy in the finals, and you're throwing the ball around and you're scoring heaps of points and stuff, do you worry that you then come up against a team that is playing at a different level and it's like hitting a brick wall? I don't know. I think at the, the way Souths are playing at the moment, it's very fearless. So it, that don't, is, yeah. it reminds me a bit of, um, I suppose, the Tigers in that 2005 to 2010 period mm-hmm. where... If a team comes out and they put 26 points on you, well, the Tigers just go, oh, we'll just have to score 28 then. Yeah, yeah. And they go and, you know, more often than not, they go and do it. And that's kind of the way South's playing at the moment. So, oh, so yeah, to a 20-point lead at halftime, are you? That's cute. <laughs> the, the, you know, the only thing that if I'm South and I look at the teams they've played recently, I think, um, I think Penrith will have more out of dummy half. Uh, the defense is obviously going to be better. I I I, th- I think that they've got more attacking options than the teams that they've played recently, and oh, it's going to be such a good game. I can't wait. I'm going to be I'm, so nervous during that game too. Because the thing that makes it good is the fact that Penrith's defense it's working with great cohesion. You, as I said before, they're they're going up in pairs, mm-hmm. and it slides really well. It's um no one's being isolated one on one too often. Mm-hmm. It makes it very hard to pick apart one weak defender and run at them when you've got one other person's always there with them to look after them. Mm-hmm. Um, hence why they've you know teams are struggling to score more than two tries against them. So that's going to be the the tough thing I think for the for the bunnies to try and figure out is how to isolate certain defenders. At certain points, and the only the best way to do it is going to be second phase play. Yeah, so that's not an easy thing to produce either. So it, it's going to be a great game that one. It really will. You know, I'm interested to see how the likes of uh, Liam Martin really targets their halves when he's got the ball in hand. I feel as though the Panthers are going to be able to target the uh, Rabbitohs halves 
when they're defending a little bit better than the teams they've been playing recently. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah, and the uh, the clearer kicky game is going to be. It will need to be on point, mm-hmm. and that shouldn't be a big problem because it has been for most of the year. Yeah, yeah. Um, what else was there? Oh yeah, Michael Jennings. Yeah, uh, I was I was so sad to hear this news. Hey, he's tested. He said his A sample tested positive to performance enhancing. Um, drugs. I think what's happened was one of them was to do with in, increasing his recovery time from an injury, and another one was to help improve his physical strength. Something like yeah. that. Yeah. Apparently, one of these, one of the ones he was pinged for, um, it would be useful for an older athlete to keep muscle mass. Uh, obviously, as you get older, your testosterone levels fall, and and that's one of the things that this this drug uses, that this drug is useful for. One of the things that I find interesting about Michael Jennings is remember about three or four years ago, he came out and all of a sudden he's got grey hair, and I don't even know if he was thirty yet. Like all of a sudden he had grey hair out of nowhere, and it was like, what the fuck happened to Michael Jennings over the off season, and. He he didn't lose his footwork, but he'd lost his speed a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, this year he's, he's been very good, and, you know, maybe we know why now. But I just wonder what happened during that time, because you don't just go grey like that. Well, I don't know. We should probably get Corey Parker on to ask him. Yeah, but even Corey Parker, like, it went, it was over time. It wasn't over an off-season. I don't think you get much of a sensible conversation with Corey Parker anyway. No, nah, Corey Parker just would sit down and whinge about the players today and how good he was, leaving out the fact that he only got most of his bloody, you know, games because he could kick goals. But anyway. <laughs> it's all right. He was Terry Madison without the skill. <laughs> yeah. He was less, inf- he was less impactful Terry Madison. <laughs> <laughs> Lacking the skill and the headgear. Yeah, much yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's that's an interesting one. If his B sample comes back positive, then I dare say this could very well be the end of his career because he's, what, 32 going on 33? Yeah. It, he it, cops a four-year suspension. There's no chance he's coming back to play footy. That's it, yeah. And look, I am I was so, so sad because I've watched Michael Jennings my whole – well, his whole career. I was going to say my whole life. Um I've watched him his whole career. He's from, you know, Mount Druitt. Um, I just, I was so sad. There's no other word for it. Sad and disappointed. Yeah, I wasn't. <laughs> what a heartless <laughs> bastard you are, though. Yeah, you know what? If you if you get caught taking drugs, then fuck off. Look, I agree. I agree. <laughs> I guess I was more disappointed. I was like, man, it, did it have to be Michael Jennings? Ah. Man, he went to Parramatta. He's betrayed you anyway. True, true. Well, he, first of all, he went to the Roosters because apparently at the time Penrith decided that, I think it was under um, Karen, Karen decided that Penrith didn't need a, you know, a centre that could score tries from anywhere. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but the Roosters were able to use him, which was nice. Funny <laughs> how that worked out. <laughs> it did. Uh, what else has happened? Oh, we've just got news that um, Jared Beal is in his retirement after 12 years in the top top flight footy. Yeah. Um, 
won a premiership in 2016, played a few tests. Pretty handy career, hey? Did all right. Um, Tyrone Roberts has been released by the Gold Coast Titans. Oh, well, look, it makes sense. When you look at what they did at the end of the year, it kind of makes sense. There was really not a place for him. I think the Broncos should go after him. It wouldn't be the worst move they could make, eh? And not because I think he's a, a stunning playmaker or anything like that. Mm. He's just an experienced, cool head, and they need someone like that in the spine. Mm-hmm. And they don't do, have that at the moment. Just do exactly what he did at the Gold Coast. Yeah, like if you've got a a half and you can just rely on to do the absolute bare basics every week, week in, week mm-hmm. out, you can build around that. Mm-hmm. And he's just solid as a rock. You're going to get the same performance from him every week. And I think Broncos could do worse than signing him on for at least two years. Definitely, yeah. How old is he now? He'd be, what, 31, I feel like? 29. He's only 29. Mm. Wow. So he's still, I mean, mate, next year is his prime year. We all know. Exactly, the the Matthew Johns prime year. Yeah. So <laughs> I I think he'd be a, a good pickup for Brisbane. Yeah, It would be I a agree. sensible one. And, and it be, wouldn't, it's not an expensive one either. Yeah. Um, great minds, Andrew. We're both right. thinking the same thing. That's right. I'm trying to help you out here, Brisbane. I know Broncos fans would say, oh, we don't want him. He can't win us any premiership. You're going, sorry, but after winning the wooden spoon, winning a premiership is not the first thing you should be thinking about. <laughs> exactly. You're they thinking be... about being competitive more than anything. Try and break the top 10. Yeah. You know, try and be a team that isn't the worst defensive team and the worst attacking team in the competition. Exactly. That's your goal. Be competitive. See, the, um, you know, the thing that Kevin Walters needs to make sure he doesn't fall into is that he thinks to himself, okay, I've got a lot of younger players. I need to build just for the future. He needs to get some performers in there. And I'm not saying get old players in there, but they need to win some football games. They, you can't just have a bunch of young players because you can end up with a bunch of, you know, really experienced losers if you're not careful. That's right. Um, just look at the West Tigers, for example. Yeah, look at this. How many teams have we seen that have ended up in that position? Mm-hmm. Most of the West Tigers. Um, <laughs> what else has gone on? I'm trying to remember what else had happened. There was something else we were talking about before we jumped on. Oh, Anthony Seabold was on Channel 9. Yeah, he was talking about, well, you know, I guess if he's trying, if he's taken legal action against someone, there's not so much too much you can say, but he feels like he knows who was starting those fucking ridiculous rumours that yes. were going around on Twitter. See, they were so outrageous, those rumours. It was like you read them and you were like, you know, I'm surprised it didn't say... Joke? Yeah, yeah. I, well, I was surprised it didn't say, oh, and he's also the fucking Joker, you know? Yeah. Or he's running just... for prison in the USA. Yeah. <laughs> it was nuts. Um, but he's he's claimed that the person who started the rumours about his personal life actually works at the New South Wales Rugby League. And as you quite rightly pointed out, um, why? Yeah. Like, if you're going to start some sort of sabotage of someone, it's typically because there's an agenda behind it. Mm. And who's going to agenda against Anthony Seabolt? Like, I get that players and whatnot may not like him being at the club. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of any player or 
or fan of a club go to this length to get rid of someone? The other thing is too, like, and you know, if you if you say that if it was just the rumours that saw him lose his job, you'd say, "Wow, that's you know, that's fucked," and it is fucked as it is. Yeah, but his performance as a coach was diabolical and and that's you know historically bad his job as a coach and you know he can't shy away from that i think the the biggest revelation out of all of this is that there are people that actually work at the new south wales rugby league that's incredible yeah who knew? yeah i got me beat got me beat indeed i don't know who they are um Well done to you, whoever you are. <laughs> keep your head down. Don't say anything. You'll keep on the uh, paybook. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I like. I wonder how much of, and I don't know how much of the Queensland Rugby League is left, but I wonder how many employees there are that could say I work for the New South Wales Rugby League. I can't imagine there's that many. Seven? I don't know. Yeah, like if somebody said that, that well. There's actually 10 people that work for the New South Wales Rugby League. I wouldn't be shocked. No, that's true. Because a lot of it was taken over by the NRL. Yeah. Hey, um, I know that we didn't discuss this prior to the episode because we, we weren't too sure what we'd talk about. Mm-hmm. I've got an idea. Mm-hmm. This, this is like planning for what we're going to do in the episode, during okay. the episode. Okay. Shall we go through the um, gains and losses for each team for next year? and give them a bit of a rating on how they're going with their recruitment. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So for the Broncos, they've lost Darius Boyd. Excellent. And I dare say they have Fafita as well, isn't he? Yeah, Fafita's gone, yep. Yeah. And they've got Kevin Walters as coach. Man, I hope, I hope it doesn't turn pear-shaped for Kevin Walters. Are you suggesting that it, it may do? Yeah. I'm. I'm kind of... I don't know. I I need to see something more from their from their recruitment. They they need a rock solid half. Mm. And at the moment, they they're not even. I don't even think they've got a um a hooker or a fullback that they've set on either. No, they've they've got a lot of positions they need to fill. And I think the thing is because of the way they ummed and art about Seabold's position and then ummed and art about giving the job to, to Walters, they've left it in a point where he can't really make any big, big changes until, like, from a year from now, really. Mm. And that's going on for the next year. I, I just think it's... And I always worry, and I've said this before, you don't sign former legends of the club because it just ends poorly. And I think of, like, Roycey Simmons at the Panthers, who, you know, he he got sacked um, for John Lang. And Roy Simmons coached some... He coached, actually, the worst Panthers teams I've ever seen in my life. Like, they were absolutely diabolically bad. And he deserved credit for bringing through a lot of young players that ended up being the core of our premiership winning team. And I think Royce is a bit of a special case because it was so long ago and he come back to the club and stuff like that. But, you know, I think of somebody like over at St. Helens, you think of Kieran Cunningham, who everyone at St. Helens loved him, said he was a legend, blah, blah, blah. And then he coached the team and he was such a bad coach that the the fans look at him differently now. And I just don't like that sort of thing. I think you've got to avoid 
former champions coming back and coaching your club. Like, like yep. who would be for the West Tigers? It, I guess it's kind of Robbie Farron or Benji Marshall if they come back, really. Adam or, Blair. Or John Wilson. Adam Adam Blair comes back and goes, you know, leads them on three undefeated seasons and winning premierships. Can you imagine if that happened? <laughs> Wouldn't that be so incredible? Because you don't know who's going to be a, a good coach. Like nobody, when the the uh, Canberra Raiders were really really great in the eighties and nineties, would have said, you know what, that you that fringe first grade utility player, he's going to be one of the greatest coaches of all time. Exactly. Oh no, it's uh. It is crazy to to have that. I don't know. It's I, I do tend to agree with you. I don't think it's it's good having former legends going back to their co- their clubs to coach. But you know, sometimes it works out. You know, Ricky Stewart's doing a pretty good job at Canberra now. He's and he's been there for the long haul. Like he he made sure he got through the rocky period. He's fixed up their roster, mm-hmm. and now he's made them a top four team um, two weeks, two years in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, he's doing a lot of good things there. You know, with Ricky Stewart, I think he is a fantastic example of what that because he got a coaching job really, really young. He was one of the first ones to get a coaching job young uh, in the last twenty or thirty years, I guess. And the coach he is today, I am sure he would say, is completely different from the coach he was early in his career. And he's really changed. I think his approach has changed. I think that. There's a lot that he would say he needed to learn as a person and as a coach to get to where he is today, and you can see it. I think he's, I think you can say that he's one of the better coaches in the game once again. Absolutely, no doubt about it. Now, speaking of Canberra, for next year they've signed Ryan James mm-hmm. and a rookie from Wigan, Harry Rushton, hasn't even played in the Super League yet. Oh, really? And they've lost Nick Kotrick and John Bateman. I th- I think that's uh, I think Bateman's overrated. I think Kotrick he played really well last weekend, but you know he's replaceable. I think Ryan James, you know, when was the last time he played a full season? That's right. But I tell you what, if they get him and he has, you know, he gets on the field, mm. he's a handy bench player in that pack. Yeah, definitely very handy, and he's. Quite versatile for a big man. Like he can play, you know, in the back row or the front row. Mm-hmm. Got some good ball skills too. Um, so he, he's a very handy player to have as you know as a depth player. Mm-hmm. And if he hits, hits some good form, then he can definitely push his way into the side there. So um, he's hoping he overcomes a lot of injuries because it's been horrible what's happened to him with his with that part of his yeah. game. Yeah, nonstop. Um. The Bulldogs. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> so they've signed Nick Kotrick, Blake Green, and Corey Waddell, and they've lost Kerrit Holland, Kieran Foran, Aidan Tolman, Marcelo Montoya, Jack Cogger, Suaso Sue, Tim Laffey, and Isaiah Tass. Wow, that's a lot of players. to lo- Like, uh, they needed to lose a lot of those players. Yes. But in a year where you don't have the lower grades playing and you only bring in three players, and one of those guys, he ain't playing next year. His knee's fucked. That's that's rough. Yeah. Pardon the pun, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. I know. I didn't even think of doing that until it... I didn't even pick it up. I mean, that was good. Yeah. Very rough. Um, 
yeah, I'll tell you what, the, the signings that they've made don't fill me with any confidence that they're going to have a, an improved season next year. Mm-hmm. The players they've lost, to be honest, they needed to lose them. Yep. So, I mean, that's something, I guess. Um, you know, it's good to that they're clearing out some space in the roster. Yep. Uh, I just hope they don't blow the coin that they, you know, they save out of that on bad players. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm sure that their board will sort that out. Oh, wait, they don't have one. Mm. Never mind. Um, Cronulla, no change. Yes. There's no changes there to the squad that I can see. None. None at um, all. Bronson Cherry, I dare say, is probably the only one that's out, but, I mean, he's been out this year anyway. Yeah, that's true. He um, ain't back for four years. No, um, I think Dugan had an option for next year, and he took it. Mm-hmm. For feeders there till 2022. Um, Aaron Woods, I think, finishes up next year, mm-hmm. and Chad Townsend's there till twenty twenty three. They're pretty much there, and Matt Moreland's there until the end of next year as well. So, if they want, they could probably lose Dugan, Moylan, and Woods next year, which will free up a fair bit of coin. Yeah, that will be a lot of money they'll have available. Yeah, so I wouldn't be surprised if they go to the market next year and they'll go for whoever they can find. Tell you what, though. For me, their best player this year, hands down, mm-hmm. Blake Braley. Yeah, he was very good, especially towards the end of the year. Hey? Just kept getting better and better every week. That kid's an absolute gun. Yeah. yeah so, so shocking that, that he got injured in the end, but it was injured, putting his body on the line to score a try to keep his team in a game. Um, that's just the spirit he's got in him. I, I love the way he plays the game. Reminds me of a, uh, of a young Robbie Farrer. Oh, really? Just really nippy at a dummy half, a uh, good little playmaker, and doesn't he's good at finding the try line as well. Yeah, um, that's that's always a good threat to have for, in a forward pack that's as as mobile as what the Sharks one always is. Hopefully, they give the coach an extension right now. He deserves yeah. it. Two more years, bang, Look, done. The Sharks haven't had this many juniors come through the club in years. Like Flanagan didn't bring juniors through like this. No, it would have been probably the early 90s, maybe. Well, even um, even John Lang, but I mean... Yeah, that's that, true. Those Sharks um, reserve grade teams and Premier Cup teams in the uh, mid to late 90s, they demanded to be picked in first grade because they were so damn good that he had no option but to take them. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But yeah, haven't seen something like that since then. Um. Titans have signed Tino Fa'asomalui from the Storm, Herman mm-hmm. S.A.S.A., David Fafita, and Patrick Herbert. Pretty uh, good signings, eh? It says here, Fafita will be from the Broncos until 2023. Yeah, so they're signing for four years, I think. Is it or three years? Three years. Three years, yeah. Um, so there's some pretty good signings. They let go Giant Arrow, Ryan James, Shannon Boy, Tyrone Roberts, Nathan Peets, and Callum Watkins. Callum Hopkins. Callum Hopkins. I think he left. To, didn't he leave to go and play for Toronto? And then Toronto went bust. I wonder what he's doing yeah. now. He went to Salford. Oh, uh, did he? And I think he's played maybe two games for Salford. Yeah, he, man, he was such a bad signing. Yeah. Um, um, but they've done some really good stuff with their roster there. I think they needed to part ways to Ryan James just because... Um, expensive and not playing because of the injuries. Mm-hmm. And Shannon Boyd was much the same. Um, mm-hmm. They were handy handy players when they signed him, I guess, but they never got 
They haven't had any value out of him for the last two years. Losing um, Jai Arrow really, really sucks for them. But when you replace him with a Dave Fafita, I can't cry over it. That's all right. And Herman SASA is a pretty handy bloody big man as well to put in the middle there, as is Tino. Yeah, yeah. So they're more than made up for it, I think. I, I think they've actually made some genuine improvements there. Yep. Um, Nathan Peets is on the market, though. He hasn't been signed by anyone. If only there was a club out there that could use a starting first-grade hooker. I, I can't think of one off the top of my head, though. No, I can't think of any. Who's next? <laughs> um, Manly. And, uh, oh, dear. Their gains for next year, Kieran Foran. And they've Man. lost Joel Thompson, Corey Waddell, Adam Fanua Blake, Danny Levi, Brendan Elliott, and Tony Williams. Can't believe they let Tony Williams go. Far out. They, <laughs> they signed Tony Williams to begin with. Holy mm-hmm. shit. Uh, um, Danny Levi's an interesting one because they didn't have a hooker. They bought yeah. Danny Levi, and now he's not being re-signed. So maybe they'll buy Nathan Peets. Possibly. I mean, some clubs, when they need a hooker, they go and buy one. Um, that's, well, that's what the smart teams do. Yeah, yeah. Um, even the not-so-smart teams, and then you've got the ones below them. Yeah. Um, the potato yeah. teams are the ones below them. Yeah. <laughs> I, can't wait to get to, I can't wait to get to the end of this list, by the way. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> um, uh, the Storm have Harry Grant returning, probably. Yeah. Um, because it's been rumoured that uh, Cameron Smith will be retiring at the end of the year, mm. which means that the Storm will keep Harry Grant. Yeah. Bastards. Um, <laughs> and Jack Howarth, a young fella, he's been upgraded to the first-grade squad. They'll be losing Tino, Paul Momorowski, who was on loan from the Tigers, and Suliasi Vunavalu. Yeah, and, like, I don't know where they're going to find another winger like him. Uh, they have no history of replacing very good wingers with very good wingers. And the Storm, I think next year the Storm are going to fall away, Andrew. I think that they're going to be no good and miss the finals, but not really. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Knights have signed Tyson Frizzell and mm. another rookie from England, uh, Dom Young from Huddersfield. Okay. And they've lost Herman SASA, Andrew McCulloch, who's going back to the Broncos, Blake Green, Aiden Guerra, and Tim Glasby. McCulloch's going back to the Broncos. Mm, apparently he was alone. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't think it was alone either, but there you go. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know there's... about Tyson Frizzell, hey? Tyson Frizzell looked bored this year. He did a bit. He looked like he phoned it in. Yeah, very much so. Um, I think if they get him and he, he puts his you know, puts his bum down and does a bit of work. Yeah. He's a great signing for the club. Yeah. Um, Herman SASA, I think a player they probably would have liked to have hung on to. Mm-hmm. The rest, um, good decisions to let them go. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't I can't argue with that. And I, I, The only thing that worries me a little bit is I hope that they don't get to a point where they recruit too many players that are a little bit too old for where they need to be. Yes. Because they could very quickly, like, in a couple of years' time, the likes of Frizzell, um, what's his name, Junior's son, 
there's just a few players there that could be a little bit too old and their time has passed the club and they've kind of got to restock those players. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, next year, I mean, they've got quite a few players that are off contract next year. Mm -hmm. Um, Phoenix Crossland, Lachlan Fitzgibbon, uh, Tex Hoy, Heimel Hunt, uh, Edric Lee, Kurt Mann, Sione Mataria, uh, Mitchell Pearce. Kalen Pong has got an option for 2022, but his actual contract ends next year. Mm-hmm. Stafford Toa, Inara Tuala. That's a fair whack. Yeah, so they've got a, a fair, bit of, fair bit of roster management going on next year. Man, the big question is going to be Pierce. That's going to be a big story next year, hey? Yeah, so they, they're either going to need to find a new seven mm-hmm. or they're going to have to sign Pierce on for another two years, something like that. Yeah. Um, Cowboys, a team that needs to – they need to really consider about putting the broom through the place. Mm-hmm. Um, they're losing Gavin Cooper, who's retiring. That's it. That's it. Wow, that's terrible. Um, that, they they did the same thing as the Broncos. They just left it too late. Yeah. You know, you think about when Paul Green moved on and then when they finally signed Peyton, that's too long to wait. Yeah. Um, man, they, their roster needs an overhaul bad. Yeah, and I feel sad because Jason Tomalolo is one of the all-time greats and he deserves to be in a team that's contending and next year they are not contenders no that's right they're, they're struggling and there's no sign of a, a huge improvement anytime soon yeah i don't know how they fix it either you got it um, i can't believe they're not getting rid of haas by the way he's there till 2022 far out yeah. i'd send him to the broncos i'd say hey remember dan carlo broncos we got dan carlo 2.0 he's just, younger yeah he's younger and he's bigger and yeah. just don't tell him that it's Dane Carlo like after his <laughs> second season. Exactly. Um, Parramatta have lost Stefano Utui Kamanu. I know I've got that completely wrong. He's gone to the Tigers. That's the only change I can see there. Yeah, that's fair enough. You'd, you'd run it back. Although they've also lost the centre as well, I'd, I'd assume. Yeah. Off for Jennings. Four years. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how much money that'll free up for them, though. Yeah, I, I don't think it'd be a massive amount. It'd no. be a, a sizable enough to to buy a replacement with, I guess. Yeah, it might be. They might be able to buy someone handy. Yeah, the interesting thing is next year, and you know this is going to play out in the media. Mitchell Moses is off contract. Oh, really? He's got an option in his favour to stay there till twenty twenty two. Okay, he's if it's in his favour. He has to hit the open market. He has to. If I'm oh, Mitchell, if I'm Mitchell Moses, because here's the way I look at it, right? His stock is pretty high. I know that he hasn't played great this season, but his stock is pretty high. He's a young player. He's a goal kicker. He's playing for one of the bigger teams in the comp, and I think that there's going to be enough demand for halves around the competition. He's got to go. He's got to hit the open market. You know what he'll do? What? He's a prediction. We'll come okay. back to this later on, maybe. Okay, I think I know where you're going to go with this. Right. Guaranteed. Guaranteed, okay? okay? We're going to hear way too much from Ben Elias next year. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, all right. Hey, and here's he'll be, my prediction. 
He would be uh, I'm bitching gonna... and moaning and pissing and snorting and shitting about how fucking Paramount's doing something wrong by Mitchell Mo the whole time, to the point where it'll poison Mitchell Moses at Parramatta, and then they'll have no option but to let him go because his uh, his uncle's ruined everything there. <laughs> He's made it a toxic environment. Yeah, and then he'll he'll end up saying that oh, he should go back to the Tigers and and get the legacy of the the big four back there, and the. Fucking potato will go, yeah, let's give him $2 million a year. Then they bring back Aaron Woods. Aaron Woods will come back. Tedesco will end up with a uh, an injury that requires three years to, to heal from, and uh, the Tigers will buy him as well. Then they say, you know what? Why don't we bring Benji back as well? No, no, because that, 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 well, that would make no sense, because Benji's still playing good. He improves them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How much would you pay right now, okay? How much would you pay for Mitchell Moses as a halfback? For which club? For, let's say, the Gold Coast Titans. A team that's, their forwards are going to be not bad. They could use a half. Uh, and I think I think Moses' ceiling price should be about 800000 Ooh, wow. I would have said six. Well, the only reason I say 800 is because of the shortage of genuine NRL quality halves, I guess, that are around. I guess he's a goal kicker too. Yeah, and I think if you get Mitch Moses for 800 grand, mm. then you've got yourself an upgrade on Ash Taylor and you've also made yourself $200,000 a year. Yeah, that's a good point. Hey, by the way, how about that kick that he took, Mitch Moses? <laughs> and it hit like... It's pretty, like, I reckon I could have kicked that, okay? He hits the crossbar. The ball bounces 30 metres and goes to a south play. Have you ever seen anything like that before? Never. I, I can't believe that the Parramatta players weren't standing around there. Like, that's just that's just rookie football 101. Yeah. You always be ready for something no matter what it is. Mm-hmm. And... I don't know. There's people, you see some talking. I was suggesting that you know that was a turning point in the game. It wasn't, but um, I haven't seen anything like that before. That was crazy. It really was. I was watching it going like, "What the fuck's going on?" <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Penrith. Yeah. What a weird. They've lost. Done. They've lost Tamo. Yeah, and look. I'm pretty happy with that. Not that I think Tamo's played pretty well this year, but their depth in the forwards is so ridiculous at the moment. You just can't hold on to a player like Tamo. No, I mean there's a few players that are coming off contract um, this year and next year, so they've probably got a bit of um, roster management coming up next season. Mm-hmm. I think Caleb Bacon's is off contract. I think. Um, Matt Burton off contract next year, Kirk Capewell, mm-hmm. Stephen Crichton, Dylan I Edwards. To, in I expect to lose Burton in the off-season. Yeah. I um, think Jack Hetherington, Mitch Kenny, uh, Spencer Lanou, Jerome Luai, Josh Mansour, Toro May, Bryden McGrady, uh, Brent Naden, Zane Tedavano, Malachi Wateni Zalesniak, Dean Fare, Isa Yeo. Yeah, there's a lot of them. It's a, a fair chunk. Obviously, some of them are young, so it's it's not a hard decision to sign them. Yeah. 
that there's going to be a few there which are, you know, it's hard to pick as to, you know, how much longer you're going to get out of them at top level. Yeah, especially when they know they've got so many players you can plug in and play, you know, straight away. I think of someone, I mean, what do you do with Yo? Like, he's had, he's fantastic for them. He's great. But I personally, I'd, I'd let him go and mm-hmm. have Capewell replace him. That's exactly what I was thinking. Hey, there's two similar players. Mm. Yo, I, he's got those head knocks, which really worries me. Then you get someone like a Mansour. Like, there's nothing wrong with them, but you can bring in a young bloke who is going to be cheaper. Probably has so many young outside backs at the moment. Yeah, yeah. You, it's it's going to be hard for anyone to justify keeping their space with so much competition in the outside backs. Yeah, and look, that's how Penrith should have always been. Yeah. You know, it's like they don't need to pay overs for anyone, really. The only one you pay overs for is Cleary. And outside of that, you just, you know, you're plugging the holes that the junior base isn't producing. And it's not many of them at the moment. No. Uh, Dragons are next. And they've lost Tyson Frizzell, Ewan Aiken, Jacob Host, Tristan Saylor, and Joe Lovadua. And they've brought no one in, which seems a bit crazy. It's all right. Matthew Elliott will sort it out. I'm sure he will. How many second rows are off contract? Because the Dragons will have all of them. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? They need some second rowers and some forwards, because I reckon some of them could play 5-8. Bloody oath. Um, South have signed Jai Arrow. What a great signing, hey? Yeah. Yeah, he's fantastic. He's uh, especially to go with how their forward pack is playing right now. Absolutely. It's going to be an, a huge addition to that side. Mm-hmm. He's so good. Like, if when you watch the Tigers, uh, the Tigers, the Titans this year, it, he was just such a standout in so many beaten teams. Uh, man, what a great signing. Absolutely. Um, Roosters will be losing Mitch Orbison and Sonny Bill Williams. What's your favourite Mitch Orbison highlight? Yes. Uh, That that time he played that game. Yeah, it was pretty good when he played that game, eh? I remember that. Not really, but anyway. Um, (laughs) Somebody asked me what I thought about Sonny Bill Williams' performance on the weekend on Twitter, and I said he... He made no impact in defence, and when he'd run the balls, when he hit the line, he didn't make any progress. Like, he just hit the line and stopped. And he he offloaded the ball a lot, but there was really only one offload that did anything of any consequence. And they said to me, like, why do I hate Sonny Bill Williams? And I was like, I don't hate him, man. I don't really care about him at all. Like, I find Sonny Bill Williams really boring. Um I think I can't can't imagine they'll ever bring him back again. Like it's it's over. Yeah, look, um, I think what we saw with Sonny Williams this year is how impressive um, his resume was. Because I yeah, mean, well, well, the fact that he had a fantastic resume is what got him the job over you know a younger employee, I guess. Yeah, good point. Someone's looked through his resume and gone, holy shit, look at what this bloke's done. Let's sign him. <laughs> um, he, For me, he added nothing to the team. Yeah. 
And if anything, he probably threw the balance of the side out a little bit because all of a sudden, instead of having a really good mobile pack, they then had a passenger in the pack who they had to carry a bit. Yeah. And I think he would have... Look, I'm going to be honest with you. I think he would have been a good signing if they had picked him up at the start of the year because I think what he needed was about half a dozen games under his belt mm. before you'd start to see him you know, slot into a decent role, which he would play really well for the rest of the season. And he never got that opportunity because he turned up so late and you know had to recover from an injury, he had to go into isolation, that's, that that's sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So he, he never got a chance to, to find his spot in the team. And he, he was there purely based on his reputation and not based on what he was actually producing on the field. And I think it hurt the Roosters picking him every week like they did. Yeah, I, <clears throat> I'm sure that, uh, you know, if they if they just had to pick a different young forward, and look, they had a lot of young forwards get injured. That's why they brought Sonny Williams in. But I remember at the start of the year, there was lots of footage of him, like, training his ass off and, you know, people saying, oh, he's never trained so hard and stuff because he's taken up that big offer with the Toronto Wolfpack. I didn't see him playing in Super League, but you said he was absolutely terrible um, playing in, when he was playing in Super League. And maybe well, it's just, you know. The thing is, okay, the, the one thing that was really good about Sonny Bill when he was at his best mm. is he played through the line. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, and it was all about once he got through that line, he's he was able to always, always get his arms free and get an offload away. And it was always yeah. a good offload. He always got a good ball away. And when he was playing for Toronto, there was no... There's no step at the line. There was no real drive through the line. Yeah. He was just taking hit-ups. And you saw that with the Roosters too. Like he, once mm. he hit the line, that was it. And his offloads, the vast majority of them were like before he hit the line, really. And That's there right. was, I mean, some of them, before he hit the line, he put passes on that were dead set hospital passes. He was getting some of his Roosters teammates absolutely smashed. So, yeah. Um it happens, you know. Yeah, it does, he, it does. He was at his best. He was a pretty good player. He wasn't as good as people say he was, but it's, uh, that's it for him in the NRL, I'd say. Yep. Uh, Warriors, they've gained Kane Evans, Ben Murdoch, Masilla, Ewan Aiken, and Adam Fanua Blake. Mm-hmm. And they've let go Adam Blair, Patrick Herbert, Jared Beal, Lachlan Burr, Nathaniel Roach, Leah Vahapulu, King Vuni Yayawa, Adam Kieran, and Isaiah Papali. Don't mind. Uh, Fanua Blake's a good signing. Yeah, um, you know what? I don't think I think Murdoch Masilla will be a handy signing as well. Mm. I don't think he'll be starting. I don't no. think if the if the coach is smart, they won't start him. I think you'll play him off the bench and use him entirely as an impact player because that's what he'd be good as. Yeah, and uh, Kane Evans, he's got potential. Um, if he can step up next year. It would be really handy for them, but he, you know he's got potential. I don't think he's going to be a starter either. But you know they they needed to make changes and they're making changes, and you know we'll see see what happens with the Warriors, I guess. Yeah, it's going to be interesting next year. I think by then we'll be able to have, have them playing at home, which will be great. And I we talked about this earlier this year, and it's something I think you suggested. They should play every single game of the season in New Zealand. Um, the big thing, I think, is going to be RTS. There was talk that he might switch to Rugby Union, but you know, and he rubbished them claims. But And I think a lot of it had to do with, like, 
just wanting to be back at home. But yeah. if that comes up again, I wonder how that will play out. I think if RTS decides he wants to be be somewhere else, mm. I I honestly think that uh, Hayes Perrin will probably just slot into the fullback role. Yeah, and they've got a few young fullbacks they can they can rely on there and lean on to fill a fill a hole there. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they're not going to do the job that RTS did, but no. they're not going to be without options. Yeah, um, RTS does have another two years left at the club, so I don't think he's going anywhere. Yeah, I don't think he is too. I don't think he is too. I think it was. I think it come at a time when, you know, they were going really poorly. He wanted to be at home with his young kid that it was, you know, only a few months old, and it's like the only option available. Yeah. Um, well, that's it. We know we don't have to do the last one. Go on, <laughs> let's do it. Go on. Okay, well, the Tigers have signed um, Itui Kamanu from the Eels, Momorovsky comes back from the Storm, and James Tamo from the Panthers, and they're losing Harry Grant. (laughs) Um, Chris Lawrence is retiring, Benji Marshall's Oliver Clark, Matt Eisenhuth, Elijah Taylor, Robert Jennings, and Dylan Smith are all unsigned. Um, I think they probably could have kept Benji on just a year-by-year basis, Mm -hmm. and I think... I think he played well enough this year to deserve one more year at the club. Yeah. Chris Lawrence, I think, made absolutely the right decision to go. Mm-hmm. Um, his performances weren't dropping off, but he was, at, he was at an age where the injuries were starting to happen a lot, and he, had, he was carrying a lot of niggling injuries this year, and he mm-hmm. his body's been through so fucking much. Yeah. Um, I think he made the right decision for his own body more than anything else. Um, Elijah Taylor... They had to let him go. Robert Jennings, I he had not been very good at the club. No. Matt Eisenhuth, I thought they might have hung on to because he's a he's a pretty handy depth sort of forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm not too worried that he's gone. Mm-hmm. The problem the, the Tigers have got right now is they've got a lot of outside backs and not as many forwards. Yeah, and you know that the big hooker situation. Like, the, when are they going to sort that out? Um, well, and I mean, they're the still current. Yeah. Little got through the good through the back half of the season without getting injured. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's true. something. So that means he's actually going to get for the first time in probably his career a full off season. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he can get through that and play some footy next year, we might actually start to see Little prove that he is actually an NRL quality hooker and deserves mm-hmm. to be there. Um, fingers crossed his body holds up to it. Um, Moses and Bai is, he's, he's just a third wheel. Mm-hmm. There's nowhere for him in this side. No. They've got centers galore. They've already got, you know, a player they've already earmarked for fullback in Adam Dewey. Josh Reynolds is, he's got his last season at the club next year. And Billy Walters is there for next year as well. Obviously, Luke Brooks is still there. So I can't find a place for him in the halves. And there's no chance in hell that Moses and Bight is ever going to be a decent hooker. No. I don't no. know what you do with him. If He's just a, ro- a horrible signing. And it's not because it's not because of who he is as a player. It's the fact that he just the Tigers did not need him when they bought him. And yeah. they need him even less now. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And 
it feels like if they've got about three million bucks, they're still waiting to come off their cap before they can really do what they need to do. Well, next uh, year is is the year when a lot of that will start to come to fruition because Russell Packer will be off contract. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh Reynolds is off contract as well next year. Those two are the the last two, I guess, other than Moses and Bai, who's there till twenty twenty two. They get those two off the books. They can start to actually spend a bit of coin then. I mean, they'll have some this year to spend as well. Yeah. And they've, See, they've probably blown a fair bit of it on Tamo. My real worry is that about 16 games into next year, people start saying, oh, what about Maguire? What about Maguire? Because I don't think they're going to have a great year next year. And uh, and Maguire's, Maguire's contract ends next year as well too. Oh, really? Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. They need to hold on to him for... They need to lock him in now. I'd lock him in now. Yeah, I'd put him there for at least three more years. Yep. So that way he can get through this roster, fix mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. and then show us if this is something that he's able to work with and improve. Yep, 100%. Um, I do think he's got to buy some forwards because that Tigers defense, especially in the middle, was, let's be honest, Fucking disgraceful for most of the year, especially the back end of the season. Yeah, they really fell away towards the uh, end really woeful, badly. Woeful. Um, you know. So that's pretty much it for all the clubs so far. Yeah, there's, it's interesting. There's No one's really made gigantic changes where you're like, oh, man, that's going to be huge. I guess I feel like the biggest one is maybe the Titans, hey? Yeah, I was going to say, the Titans look like they've made the biggest improvements in their roster. Mm. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they managed to push their way into the top eight next year, given the way they finished this season. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the signs that they've made, yeah, I don't know. I think I think they've got the potential for more improvement in them than anybody else. What do you think next year is going to be the messiest contract issue that we'll see, whether it be a player Moses. or a coach? Moses. Yeah, same here. I agree. I agree. That's gonna, as soon as as soon as Parramatta has a few losses mm-hmm. or goes on a bit of a winning run, it'll be yeah. one of the two. Yeah. Talk about Moses' contract will come out and it'll be at the front of the thing. And, yeah, uh, someone will be wheeling out fucking Benny Elias every week. <laughs> I'm sure I'll say, no, thank you. I don't, I don't have any comment. Um, <laughs> there's a, been a little bit of talk about Brad Arthur's position at the Parramatta Eels. They re-signed him recently, um, but there's still been a bit of talk about him getting it done in the finals. And look, he hasn't got it done in the finals. I can't put it all on him, but, you know, your record is your record. And I just, I wonder how Parramatta is going to go next year, because if they play, if they play next year the way they played basically the second half of the season, they're going to be a little bit further down the ladder than they were this year. They're going to struggle. And, yeah, and and I think that we're going to see a number of teams improve. Like, there was only really six properly good teams this year. Yep. I think we're going to see more than that next year. It's going to be interesting to see if they don't have a great season, and I think they're going to be a top eight for certain. But and if you throw in, if there's an issue with Moses and... You know, if you go by their track record, they'll overpay Moses. They'll make him a millionaire. But it's going to be interesting. A really interesting year for the for the Eels. 
That really is. Um, be interesting to see how it, all, how, how it all plays out. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. The, well, you know uh, the other one? The other mm-hmm. one's going to be uh, Mitchell Pierce. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I don't know, I've got a sneaking suspicion, and I hate this one. Mm. Potato's going to have a chat with him. I agree. I like him as a hooker. I said the other day. Get him in as a hooker. So He'd be great Mitchell, for the Tigers. Mitchell, we know that your dad was one of the greatest lock forwards in the club's history. I think you should reprise the role. Imagine that. And Mitchell goes, I've never played in the forwards before. Oh, but I can see you've got the potential there. I mean, if your dad was great at it, I'm sure you've got, you've got the same bloodline. It'll be just as good. You'd be great. I've seen you make a tackle before. You can do it. He says, look, if I'm going to play in the forwards, then you're going to have to pay me a lot more money. He says, well, mate, we've got Packer coming off contract, so we've got three million bucks available. Yin? Three million? <laughs> okay. I'll play in the front row for three million bucks a season. I just like the idea of, like, Potatoes talking to him. And he's like, but I'm a halfback. I, I, I don't play in the forwards. And Potato just goes, shut your cunt mouth. <laughs> <laughs> And Mitchell just goes, well, I'm convinced. Sign me up. Yeah, yeah that'll work well. Mm. All that money we're going to give to Latrell Mitchell's now going to go to Mitchell. Oh, yeah. dear. What if, what if the... How about this, right? West Tigers, they bring in Mitchell Moses. Big deal. The, the prodigal son. He returns. <laughs> how about that? No, Moses and uh, Brooks in the halves. No, it was it was a mess when they were there because Moses didn't want to play as a halfback, mm-hmm. and Brooks, when we've seen him this year, he's genuinely much better as a as a five eighth and a halfback. Mm-hmm. He's a better ball runner. You know, Moses isn't a ball runner. Brooks is a ball runner. So when you look at him, Brooks should be the six. Moses should be the seven. But Moses never wanted to be this. He never wanted to be the six. Yeah. Oh, sorry, he never wanted to be the seven. So it just ended up being this mess where Moses was overcalling Brooks the whole time, and Brooks was just a passenger, and he's the halfback being a passenger. It's horrible. But people always talked about how they thought that Brooks and Moses was this this great combination. And all I say is, point to me an occasion where those two look like they were playing great football together. Yeah, and like and this, this sort of, I remember, I think I wrote about this on my site at the time when they were, everyone was like, oh, they need to re-sign all these players a few years ago. And it's like, why? They're losers. Like, look at how they're playing football together. I remember saying at the time, the only players they need to re-sign out of that big four was Tedesco and Brooks. Yeah, yeah. Let the yep. other two go. Mm-hmm. And when they lost Tedesco, I went, Ugh. That was the only one they needed to keep because they'd let they let Pappenhausen go mm. because they said you know Pappenhausen was stuck behind Tedesco, so they let Pappenhausen go to Melbourne, and then Tedesco left. And Tedesco was always going to leave. I don't know why the club thought they could hang on to him. They should have just let him go and kept Pappenhausen. But no, they lost both of them because they're morons. Yeah, well, like at least they don't have a history of deciding to move on from certain players and then bringing them back anyway. So. Sure, it'll work out well. 
Yeah, so uh, Pat Richards will be back next year. <laughs> Have you seen his kickoffs? <laughs> He's a goal kicker. That's something that we need. Yeah, yeah, that'd be handy. That'll be handy having Momorowski back for that. Yeah. Alrighty, well, I guess that wraps this one up, doesn't it? Yeah, it's been a fun one. It has. We've done well. Yeah. All right, well, if you want to uh, get in touch with us, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Fergo Freak Pod. We're on LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook, so get over there and like us and all that sort of stuff over there. That'd be fantastic. Go into your podcast um, device and give us a five-star rating and a positive review, and we'll read them out on the podcast. We'll put them up on the website over at com. Yeah, go there. Go to fergonfreak.com. Go to press the contact button. Send us an email. Yeah, we're due to read out some emails, aren't we? Yeah, we might do an email episode this week sometime. That sounds like a great idea. Yeah. Um, don't forget our, our friends over there at manscaped.com. Um, get into the, uh, go to the website, buy whatever you want. When you get into the, um, you know, check out, put in the code NRL, you'll get 20% off free shipping. That's our gift to you. You're welcome. And, um, <laughs> I guess that's pretty much it. Yeah. It's been a, a good fun episode. It's, it's great for us to be back and we'll pump some more out this week. eh? Absolutely. Excellent. All right, then. Catch us all next time.